in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thou kingdom come, thou will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debt as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In the name of Jesus, we bow and we worship. We praise you, we hold you. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for us at the blood of the Lamb. And we receive your sacrifice as an atonement for all of our sins. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for us at the blood of the Lamb. And we receive your sacrifice as atonement for all of our sins. The pride of life, the lust of the eye, and the lust of the flesh. We come against you now in the name of Jesus. We repent and turn away from all of these sins. And God, right now we come against every spirit of rebellion. In the mighty name of Jesus, for rebellion against you right now. And I ask that you will cover and protect us with the blood of Jesus. Open up the floodgates of heaven. Release now in the name of Jesus the prayers that we have already prayed. Right now, in the name of Jesus, answer us suddenly, oh God. Immediately, absolutely. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But through our mighty God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I pull down every stronghold that has been laid and hindered the promise of God in my life. Father, we declare that freedom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, cover our mind and body with the blood of Jesus. I receive healing and health through the blood. I remove and cast out all sin of guilt, shame, and condemnation. I remove false burdens. I break and release from curses. Command every demon hiding and operating behind a curse to come out now in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me. I send confusion against every satanic attack coming against me. I quench every fire of wickedness now in the name of Jesus. I am redeemed. I choose life. I rebuke the winds and storms of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord rebuke you in every strategy of devil's exploits. I am a king and son of God. I break down the hot places.
we give you glory. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We give you glory.
studies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus is good. Hallelujah. His mercy endures forever. Amen. Over and over and over again, he just continued to do things for us more and more. And all we have to do is just be grateful and thankful, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We just thank the Lord. Hallelujah. For being who he is. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Let's just go for one praise song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to just ask the Lord to just, hallelujah, to just touch us right now as we go into a place of praise and then we go into a place of worship. It's something about praise, hallelujah, worship. But we welcome everybody to SOAR International Outreach Network. I'm Lady Apostle. This is our biblical studies on this Thursday. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. And we're going to get started. Thank you for joining us. And know that we'll be back here on Sunday, um, 8.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hallelujah. So make sure you come in person in a sanctuary to join us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We give God the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. Zen Oh, we give you glory. 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 Oh, we give you glory.
Come on.
give him the praise. Amen. He is the most high God. Amen. We give God the glory because Jehovah is the most high God. Amen. And glory to God. We're going to go ahead and get started with our biblical study because we have so much to go through. But I thank everybody for being here this evening. Glory to God. Hallelujah. As we go through the book of Ezekiel. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going through chapter 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14 today. Hallelujah. So we're going through all those chapters because we're going to, um, we're going to read through the chapters. And as we read through the chapters, we're going to break it down. Amen. We're going to rightfully divide the word of God and God done give us some good revelation through his word. Amen. I'm expecting the spirit of God to move mightily on tonight. That's why my voice sound a little shaky because I just feel the spirit of God and I know he is speaking. Amen. So as I decrease, the Lord God shall decrease what I shall say on today. So we're going to go ahead and let the man of God, hallelujah, through our reading, as we've been reading through um, the Bible audio, hallelujah, we're going to allow that reading to go forth. So we're going to read through the chapter. So get your Bibles, get your journeys, your journals um, ready, amen. And those that have been joining us, I really want to give us a back a backdrop, amen, hallelujah, so that we can go right into um, 10, 11, 12, and 13, and 14. So that's what I'll do. Let me go ahead and give us just a little, I'm not going to go through everything because those that's been with us, hallelujah, um, you have a lot of information, but those that's just now coming, hallelujah, with us, I want to just give us just a little bit of, hallelujah, um, of what we've been discussing from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 10. We've been talking about Ezekiel, which is a prophet of God. Hallelujah to God. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Decrease me that you may increase. Let the Holy Spirit speak through your servant in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your people receive your word. Let their hearts be open. Lord God, to receive the truth and nothing but the truth. So help us, God. And God, we just thank you, Spirit of God, for moving on tonight. Ezekiel had a call on his life. Amen. The book of Ezekiel uh, reminds us as um, some of us. Amen. Because Ezekiel, he had a call on his life. Amen. The Lord God began to show him different visions. Now, um, a little bit after his 30th birthday. Now, just think, remember Jesus was 33 when he began to walk in his full ministry. Amen. Ezekiel, it was about his 30th birthday. Amen. And some things was about to change in his life. Amen. There was going to be a significant change in his life. Amen. Hallelujah. But it first took some of the visions that God was going to show him before he began to walk into his calling. That's why it's very vital that we listen and we hear and tend to the voice of God through also his visions and dreams because God speak to us. In that way, amen, like he spoke to Ezekiel, that was the way that Ezekiel was able to communicate with God and also know exactly how to walk forth in his ministry, amen. Even though he was not ready, he did not really know what to do, but as he began to see the different visions, the Lord God began to guide him and direct him, and he had an ear to hear the Spirit of the Lord, and he had eyes to see what the vision of God began to show him, and he was not ignoring God and what God was calling him to do, and today, we need to do the same, amen, because God is is calling many of us to do things as well so that 
purpose and destiny can be completed in our life. So we have to be very careful to make sure that when we hear God and he direct us that we fulfill our purpose and destiny and where he is calling us to do and how and where he's calling us to be. But a little bit after um, Ezekiel's 30th birthday, amen, the Lord God began to show him many visions, amen. See, remember um, the, the vision that God showed him when you go to um, Ezekiel 1 and begin to talk about, I mean, specifically how God just broke everything down in the word of God just step by step um, on what he began to show, amen. Ezekiel, amen. There was a storm wind that was coming from the north, a great cloud with fire flashing forth continually and brought um, a light that was around it and something like glowing metal in the midst of the fire. Remember we said that that was the throne of God, God sitting on the throne, amen. Hallelujah. And that is the same revelation that was also in the book of Revelations, amen. Um, the same thing that he showed John, amen, hallelujah, but there were four living beings that he showed Ezekiel, he showed him a face of a man, a face of a lion, a face of a wolf, and a face of an eagle, and the four living creatures that was in Revelation was like a lion, like a calf, face like a man, and a flying eagle, amen, but at the same time, it's talked about their wings, that their wings were spread out above and each two touching another being and two covering their bodies. Amen. Hallelujah. Then it said in the midst of the living beings, there was something that looked like burning coals of what fire, like torch darting back and forth. Amen. Among them. Amen. And then it began to say the fire was bright and light was flashing from the fire. We're talking about the glory. Amen. Something so glorious. That is nothing but the glory of God that is being represented here as it is being broken down in the scriptures on what Ezekiel began to see. And then it says, now over the heads of the living beings, there was something like an expanse, like the awesome gleam of crystal extending over their heads. And above the expanse that was over their heads, there was something resembling a throne, like a lapser lizard in an appearance. And on that would resemble a throne high up was a figure with the appearance of a man. Remember, I said that it's like the throne of God, God sitting in the midst right on the throne, the glory just shining so brightly. Amen. So you can t look here and see the vision that Ezekiel had and the vision that John had. Amen. They were similar. Amen. But they both testified to holiness and the majesty of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the images of the lion and the calf and the bull and the eagle and the man reflected the truth that God is God over all life. Rather wild animals or um, no matter what, men, boy, girl, he is God over all. Amen. And, and that's what Ezekiel began to see, the face of a man, a man, and the other faces that he began to see. But there was nothing that changed what he saw because God kept showing him things and adding things to what he was showing him. That's what God does to us as he began to commission us. Because after God gave Ezekiel these visions, then he was commissioned. He wasn't commissioned before he saw the visions. 
he wasn't commissioned before he saw the different things. Even though he was still going to see things along the way in his commission, but God began to show him the importance of some of the vision before he even stepped into his commission. Amen. Because the vision of the glory of God was was what God wanted him to see in order for him to follow and immediately walk into his commission of the prophetic. He began to walk in the prophetic ministry. Amen. God began to use him as a prophet. Amen. Because God used him as a mouthpiece to begin to what? To tell Judah and Israel to, um, to, to come up out of the sin and the things that they were doing. Amen. His, 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 his commission wasn't easy. You know, ministry is not easy. I don't care what somebody is telling you. I don't know why everybody is so eager to try to get to the top. It is not easy. It's not a business. It's not about the money. It's not about fame or power or prestige. Ministry is, is patience. Ministry is love. Ministry is long suffering. Ministry, amen, is God. Hallelujah. Holiness and living right unto God and being truthful unto God. Amen. Ministry is not what everybody paint ministry to be. But at the same time, when we continue to trust God and allow God to lead us and walk us through our commission, ministry become easy to us. Amen. Even when we are walking for years and years. I'm not saying it's going to be easy like you ain't going to need God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that your faith is going to begin to be built up to another level. The fear is going to leave you. Come on now, but humility is going to stay with you. The fear going to leave you, but love going to stay with you. Fear going to leave you, but patience going to stay with you. Fear going to leave you, but long suffering is going to stay with you. Amen. So he did not have an easy commission. He was being sent to a rebellious people. Do you know what rebelling is? Rebellion is when somebody just don't listen and they know it's the truth and they know it's good and they know it's what's going to get them to their necks. But they're so hard headed and think that they know everything. They rebel against um, order. They rebel against correction. They rebel against being accountable. You know, you need to have some accountability in your life. Somebody need you need to have somebody keep you accountable to something. Because when you're not accountable to anything, you're just out there. You need to be accountable to something, to somebody. Because then it gives you the ability to be humble. gives you the ability to make sure that your integrity and who you are begin to walk upright. You begin to walk upright. Your character begins to line up with God and who he is and how he is. And the resemblance of his image continues to come through you and, and through you because how you allow your character, your integrity, and your accountability to speak for you. Amen. So he was sent to a rebellious people, but he still had to be what? Humble. He still had to be loving. He still had to be kind. He still had to have be long suffering. He still had to be patient. These people weren't no easy people. Anytime you're being sent to a rebellious people, you're talking about more than a headache. You're talking about ready to just give up, get out, say I'm out of here. What? Peace. I'm gone. Hallelujah. I'm just saying. But we got to stay in the fight. We can't be so quick to get up and get out. Amen. But there was a lesson that 
he was going to learn in this. The same lesson that we need to learn as we go through the book of Ezekiel. Amen. And the thing is, is to always walk in humility in ministry. To walk in long suffering in ministry. To make sure that you continue to allow God to use you according to his will. And don't try to use your, do it in your own strength or your own wisdom or your own education or your own money. Because it's not about that. You can't do it in you. It has to be done in God. Amen. So even when we think we're doing the right thing. Amen. Or we have a successful thing going on. Amen. There's always room for correction. There's always room to do it better. There's always room to say, you know what? I don't have it all right. Let me see where I need some work in some areas in. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say that I didn't get it right. It's okay to say I'm not the smartest one in the class. Amen? One thing I always say, and I'll say it again, I don't need to be the smartest person around me. I need people that's smarter than me because I need to reach higher to higher heights so that I can teach others. Amen? If everybody else on the same level and I'm smarter than everybody, no, I need somebody that's smarter than me so that I can learn more, so that I can take what I'm learning from them to pass it on to somebody else. Amen? Because we all in the same room and just know the same thing. Come on, is we going to ever grow higher or go further in the things that God is calling us to? So it's nothing wrong with being around people that are may, may be a little smarter than you, a little wiser than you. Because it's good. Amen. Because there's always room for correction. There's always room to, 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 to tighten up things in your life. Amen. I always say a spiritual checkup is always good daily. Amen. So God will build his church. He will build the church the way that he wants to build the church. And I'm not just talking about the brick and mortal. I'm talking about you and me. He wants to build us how he wants to build us. Amen. He knows that we're not qualified in the thing. He's going to make us qualified as we continue to walk with him, just like Ezekiel began to walk with him. Amen. Because he delights in taking a man whom the world considered unqualified and doing a great thing through him so that he can be qualified. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's why he told him to go out and preach the words that I'm going to give you. And the result would be that a prophet would have gone out and spoken my words, meaning that when God gives you words to speak, you have to speak what he is saying. Sometimes the word may not be feeling a feel good word. But if God is giving you that word to speak to his people or to bring a person to the side and say, you know what? This is what the Lord has given me for you. You have to obey God. You can't worry about, okay, is that they're not going to show up again for church. They're not going to pay tithes and offering. They're not going to call your name out. They're not going to be a, a number one follower on your page. I mean, we love everybody. But if you can't accept the truth. And what God has given you, then you're in the wrong place because you should want truth. You should want to be corrected. You should want to go higher in God. You should want to continue to learn. Don't never feel like you have arrived and you got everything you need. No, continue to dig in to get more. The more you dig into God's word, the more revelation you get, the more wisdom and knowledge and understanding you get in this word. So that's when the realm begins to just come, just revelation like never before. So don't stop learning. You know, don't stop being teachable. Continue to have a teachable spirit. So many of us, because we feel like, oh, we have arrived or, oh, we've been in ministry or, oh, we're this or, oh, we got a degree in there. Oh, we got this. We feel like nobody can say anything to us. 
I mean, even if a person just gives you one word, maybe that one word can just be something to help you in your field. But we so smart and we got so many degrees and we just feel like we arrived. We don't even want to accept a word from nobody. And that's not good because you can always rightfully divide that word, test, test the spirit by the spirit. And the Lord God will give you confirmation in that word that they give you. So that may be a word that you need to keep in your back pocket. So on a rainy day, you can pull it out and say, hey, I got that word. I didn't let that word just fall to the wayside because I thought I knew everything. But I put it right in my back pocket or I put it right in my front pocket waiting for a time as this. And now I can reach in my pocket and get that word and that word going to work because I was not so prideful to take that word. But I took it even though I felt like maybe I couldn't use it right now, but maybe one day, one day. I would be able to use it. That's how we need to think. We need to make sure that we continue to be teachable. Amen. Because the responsibilities that Ezekiel had was to help the people to what repent. Because the people were doing what? They were rebellious. They were doing everything outside of the will of God. They was not doing what God was telling them to do. They was worshiping other gods. They were, come on, they were, oh my God, they were doing some things. And then not only that, I'm not just talking about the, the lay members. I'm talking about the, the, the leaders. The leaders was, was doing the main things. Come on now. He took Ezekiel behind the altar. He told him to dig a hole in the wall. Amen. And then this was in the front of the church and the back of the church. Amen. This wasn't just outside the church. No, this was inside. See, this is the place where we don't see. When the men of God say, oh, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to I'm going to call up God for you. But they were doing all these things behind closed doors. It was worshiping the sun. It was worshiping fertile gods. It was worshiping idols. It was worshiping all these things. My God. And then at the end of the day, Ezekiel saw all of it. Like, wow, I was in the midst of this. Amen. So that was just a little glimpse of what we've been studying. What I want to do is because I don't want to spend a lot of time because we don't have that much time. Amen. So I want to go ahead and start and we're going to read chapter 10, 11, 12. Let me see 10, 11, 12 and 13. And then we're going to do a summary on all four of those chapters. And then we're going to close it out. So go ahead and grab your Bibles and we're going to go ahead and read the word. Amen. Hallelujah. We're in the, um, the book of Ezekiel chapter 10. We're going to chapter 11. Then we're going to chapter 12 and 13. Glory to God. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Soar International Outreach Network. God bless you for our biblical study. Amen. And the Lord God will keep us from all dangers. Amen. That was the word of today. The Lord God will keep us from all danger. Hallelujah. We thank God for protecting us. Amen. Glory to God. It's nothing like having the protection of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And glory to God. Amen. Okay, so let's go here to the book of Ezekiel chapter 10 and then we're going to flow 10 11 12 13 14 then we're going to flow all the way through all right let's go Ezekiel 10 then i looked and behold in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubims there appeared over them as it were a sapphire stone as the appearance of the likeness of a throne and he spake unto the man clothed with linen, and said, Go in between the wheels, even under the cherub, and fill thine hand with coals of fire from between the cherubims, and scatter them over the city. And he went in, in my sight, 
Now the cherubim stood on the right side of the house when the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went out from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house. And the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. And the sound of the cherubim's wings was heard even to the outer court, as the voice of the Almighty God when he speaketh. And it came to pass that when he had commanded the man clothed with linen, saying, Take fire from between the wheels, from between the cherubims. Then he went in and stood beside the wheels. And one cherub stretched forth his hand from between the cherubims unto the fire that was between the cherubims, and took thereof and put it into the hands of him that was clothed with linen, who took it and went out. And there appeared in the cherubims the form of a man's hand under their wings. And when I looked, behold, the four wheels by the cherubims, one wheel by one cherub and another wheel by another cherub, and the appearance of the wheels was as the color of a barrel stone. And as for their appearances, they four had one likeness as if a wheel had been in the midst of a wheel. When they went, they went upon their four sides. They turned not as they went, but to the place whither the head looked, they followed it. They turned not as they went. And their whole body and their backs and their hands and their wings and the wheels were full of eyes round about, even the wheels that they four had. As for the wheels, it was cried unto them in my hearing, O wheel. And everyone had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub, and the second face was the face of a man, and the third the face of a lion, and the fourth the face of an eagle. And the cherubims were lifted up. This is the living creature that I saw by the river of Chabar. And when the cherubims went, the wheels went by them. And when the cherubims lifted up their wings to mount up from the earth, the same wheels also turned not from beside them. When they stood, these stood. And when they were lifted up, these lifted up themselves also. For the spirit of the living creature was in them. Then the glory of the Lord departed from off the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubims. And the cherubims lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. When they went out, the wheels also were beside them, and everyone stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house, and the glory of the God of Israel was over them above. This is the living creature that I saw to the God of Israel by the river Chabar, and I knew that they were the cherubims. Everyone had four faces apiece, and everyone four wings, and the likeness of the hands of a man was under their wings, and the likeness of their faces was the same faces which I saw by the river Chabar, their appearances in themselves, they went everyone straight forward. Amen, amen. That is chapter 10. For those that um, I want to make sure that you're able to write down notes, so I'm just going to do each chapter. We're doing 10, 11, 12, and 13. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to briefly give you just some revelation on chapter 10 because I don't want to read all the chapters and then go through and give you revelation and then come back to the other one because I want to make sure you get an understanding after you have heard the word of God. Amen. But here in verse 1 when it talked about the cherubims, the living creatures, it described them as um, cherubims, which were angels. Amen. 
So Ezekiel sees the same vision that he has seen at the river of Jabbar. Remember in chapter 1, he sees the same vision. I just gave you a summary of what we've been studying from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 10. So now as you see, God is still giving him visions. Amen. Like I said, God will repeatedly, repeatedly give us visions over and over so that we can get the revelation out of it, get the fullness out of it. Amen. So now we see that in the midst of the four whirling winds, that they had eyes all about them. And in the midst of the four cherubims, there were four faces, four wings, and hands like a man was a pile of what? Burning coal. So the man, the angel mentioned in chapter 9, remember we read in verse 2 and 4, it says, let's go to um, 9, 2 and 4. Hallelujah. It says, and the glory of Israel was gone up from the cherubim whereupon it was to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed in linen who had the writer's ink horn by his side. And Jehovah said to him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry over all abominations that are done in the midst thereof. So here, remember, this is what this is talking about. Amen. It's talking about that ink horn. Amen. That placed a mark upon the foreheads of the godly people. Amen. Is now called upon to gather the hot coals. So the angels was to take the burning coals and scatter them over the city. Thus meaning burning it. Amen. And then remember Jeremiah. I told you Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah also spoke about the same punishment that Judah received. Um, of the burning of the city. Amen. When I told you to go and read Jeremiah 17 and Jeremiah 21 and Jeremiah 34 and Jeremiah 39. Amen. And then Jehovah, amen, he came off of his throne. Hallelujah. He came off of his throne to the temple in Jerusalem. Amen. Meaning the glory of God, the presence of God in the tabernacle and the temple. Amen. For he was positioned, but remember because of their sin, he lifted his glory. He lifted himself off because he did not want to be part of the sin, hallelujah, that they were doing. Amen. So the glory of God was lifted. Amen. But at the same time, they're just talking about the positioning. This is where the glory of God sat before they begin to sin and not listen to God. So this is what I'm talking about now. We're saying here, because it says, Now the cherubim stood on the right side of the house. When the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court, and the glory of Jehovah mounted up from the cherubim and stood over the threshold of the house, and the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of brightness of Jehovah's glory. And the sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard even to the outer court as the voice of God Almighty when he speaked. And it came to pass when he commanded the man clothed in linen, saying, Take fire from between the whirling wheels, from between the cherubims, that he went in and, and stood beside a wheel. And the cherubim stretched forth his hand from between the cherubim until the fire that was between the cherubim, and took thereof and put it into the hands of him that was clothed in linen, and took it out in and out. And there appeared in the cherubim the form of man's hand under the wing. Amen. 
So this right here is just um, giving us an understanding on how he said the man was clothed in linen, then went out, which signifies that he poured the coals over the cities of Judah to burn them as God had commanded them. Amen. So this entire scene that I am speaking of is one that helps us understand that the days of God's long suffering and patient with his people have what ended. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you. You know, we see the wars, we see the violence, we see everything that's going on in the world today. Why? Because rebellious, rebelling against God, rebelling against doing the will of God. And a lot of things was already written in the word of God. So things that we're seeing, things that are happening today has already been written in the word of God. It's been written saying that this would happen, this would go on. But at the same time, we are still some rebellious people. We don't want to hear God. We don't want to follow God. We want to do everything in our own strength, our own ability. And God is not happy with that. Amen. So God will lift his glory. God will lift himself, hallelujah, away from those that are rebelling against him, meaning those that are not obeying what he is telling them to do. So he removed his glory from Jerusalem. Amen. We don't need God to remove his glory from us because we need the light. The light is what allows us to shine bright. The light is what gives us the power and authority to, to stand and, and to come against those evil principalities and, and powers of darkness. But when God's glory is lifted up of our life and the Holy Spirit is nowhere around, do you think you're going to be able to fight those principalities of darkness? No, because it's only about the Holy Spirit. And the power and authority of God that's investing in us that we can fight out, fight off the principalities of darkness. Amen. So that's why we cannot allow God's glory to be lifted out of our life because we want to feel good today. Because we don't want to obey the directions of God. We don't want to come and obey it because it don't feel good. It, it's not, it's, it's something that's not, you know, of the norm. Everybody ain't there. You know, we want to be in the crowd. We want to be around a lot of people. But sometimes God would just have us in the midst of some people just for us to get what we need so that we can get fully what we need in order to go out and do what he's calling us to do. Because when we're around so much and we're around so much noise, we can't hear God. We are distracted. So sometimes God has to sit us, hallelujah, in a small place, in a place where there's not many so that we, he can fill us what, how he wants to fill us and do what he needs to do in our life in order for us to go forth to do what we need to do. So don't let the glory of God be lifted off your life just for a time of pleasure for five minutes, for five seconds, for a life, because it'll be a lifetime. Amen. If God is telling you to do something, you have to do it. If you don't have the strength to do it or have the ability to do it, that's when you've got to put all your trust in God. But if God's sending you to do it, he is going to get you through it. Let me tell you, I, just yesterday, the other two days ago, I just went out. The Lord, he just told me to go across the street. Go across the street and just ask the lady, could you just come and see something? Now, I didn't even know this lady at all. Never. Now, only thing I know about the lady is that I remember that um, a, a one time we, we, as we were doing the, because, you know, we did the toy giveaway. We give out 1,600, sometimes 2,000 toys every year 
to children and also ministries and, and organizations. Hallelujah. By God's grace, we thank God for that ministry. But um, they always were so into um, that program. So we had sponsors that would sponsor. We will take what they sponsored or maybe get gift cards or gas cards or things like that because we gave the children toys, but we wanted to give the family something, maybe gas or maybe food or, you know, just something. And they will always donate, but I never met her personally. But the other day, the Lord told me to go over there. Now, I, I don't know why he told me to go over there, but I obeyed him. And when I got there, she was there. And when I came in, she was just saying how she just uh, wasn't feeling well. And, and we began to talk and I asked her if I can pray for her. She said, sure. And then the next thing I knew, she was like, you know what? She said, I am leaving here. She said, I'm calling 1-800-JUNK and um, I'm just going to have them come get it. And now, now listen to me. This ain't junk, y'all. I'm just saying this was quality, top of the line stuff. Stuff that I'm like, Lord, I, he just keep on blasting and blasting. And I said, um, I said, junk. She said, would, would you take it? She, she said, you can take all of it. I said, excuse me? Uh, Ma'am, excuse me? She, and I'm talking about nice big stuff and i'm like okay 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 wait a minute are you telling me you want me to take everything in here now you know hold up i just i just obey god he told me just to come here okay so all i'm saying is and, and the lord used her to bless me and just gave me the whole building everything everything that was in there pretty much pretty much everything and i'm like lord you just kidding. Now, I, I wasn't in, I'm just saying, I can't, anyway, I, I'm still like in awe, but I know my God, hallelujah. But I'm just saying, when you be in the right place at the right time, God continue to bless you. That's why you can't afford for the glory of God to be lifted off of you, because it's the glory of God that brings favor, bring you into the right place, bring you before the right people, bring you in the right um, territorial area, the right geographic place in order to receive what God has for you. Amen. So all I'm telling you is that you got to be positioned in the right place, making sure you obey God because you don't want his glory to be lifted off of you like this. That's why he says, I look and behold. Hallelujah. So Ezekiel, once again, he sees the will of the glory of Jehovah. Amen. So Ezekiel described the real appearance of, of something like splendor. It was like a barrel stone. Amen. Hallelujah. But it was moving in all the directions. Amen. The wheel direction was dependent upon the direction that the head cherubim moved in. See, what I loved about these angels is that they didn't just move on their own. They moved all together. They moved in unity. They moved collectively. See, we need to move collectively in unity in the body of Christ, in the church. We want to move separately. We want to move on our own. We want to move one-on-one. When God is saying, no, I need y'all to move collectively in unity. Because when you move in unity and collectively, I'm telling you, things are going to move. Things are going to shake. You're going to get into that right place at the right time and I'm going to be right there and things are going to be signed, sealed, and delivered and I'm going to do what I am good of doing and that is blessing you because I am the giver of all things. 
They were moved in the same direction. Amen. One moved, the other one moved. Amen. And they said that one direction, they depended upon each other. They didn't move on their own. We need to depend on one another, meaning that we need to look out for one another. Okay, I ain't talk to you, but at least call and say, hey, how you doing? How you feel? You know, I know you said, well, the pastor got to call you all the time. And listen, do you know how many people we talk to? You know how many people we counsel? You know how many people we minister to? It's hard to try to keep up with everybody because everybody, I can't be a have a favorite. Amen. I got to love everybody the same. I got to do everything to everybody the same now. I may require some extra time over here because maybe that extra time just needs a little bit of more love over here but it does not mean that I'm favoring them more and that I'm just they're helping them a little bit more because maybe they're not as strong as you their faith is not as strong as your faith but at the same time come on send a prayer out hallelujah for the men and women of God hallelujah they move together in unity amen because within the description of the will um, just like Ezekiel said he said the main point was that they began to move together in motion, which um, indicated that the glory of God was in motion. Amen. And anytime the glory of God is in motion, that means God is moving. The glory of God is moving. Things are shaking. Things are what? being he- the, the, the people are being healed. People are being delivered. People are being set free. People are being, hallelujah, just God is, God is in, in the house. God is in the midst of things. God is in the midst of everything. Hallelujah. When the glory of God is in place, come on now. What else? What else? What else can go? Nothing can go wrong because God is in the place. But at the same time, Ezekiel's description of the cherubims, the four faces, amen, was a little bit different here, amen, because he began to say the face of an ox, amen, which replaced the face of the cherubim, amen. But at the same time, it still was the face of a cherubim. He began to saw angels. You know, God would give us a vision. How many of y'all have saw angels? Come on now. Some of y'all have seen angels, right? I mean, come on now. The first time I saw an angel, now I don't have the spirit of fear, but I'm just saying, I was a little nervous. Because I never saw an angel. And I saw an angel. And oh my God, it was like, so of course it was it's going to surprise you. It's going to hit you differently. So just imagine seeing the face of an angel. I don't know how many of y'all have experienced it. But if you ever experienced it, you can know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Because you know when you, when you see the face of an angel, it's like, oh my God. You know, they're huge. They're big. Hallelujah. Amen. But at the same time, the glory of God was lifted from the temple in Jerusalem. Amen. God fellowship was no longer there. He removed himself because of their sinful acts. I remember one time I was going to a program and I was like, okay, I'm going to put it on for Jesus because I always like to look good for the kings of kings because you never know. He may show up tonight and I want to make sure I'm dressed in the best. And I got there. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the program. He said, I'm not in there. I said, well, no, Lord, this is supposed to be one of the biggest programs. He said, I'm not in there. I'm not there. I said, well, God, no, 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 no. They said it's going to be, he said, and then that's when the Lord began to show me. And I began, I was trained to hear his voice. And I obeyed because when he said that he was not in there, I turned back around and got in my car and left. Now, I would have walked in disobedience if I would have still went in there. And I know the music was sounding loud. And they were singing and everything was going on. They were shouting. Everything was going on. But God said, I'm not in there. 
Because the same one that was at the altar was the same one at the altar the next week. So you got to know when God is in the house. You got to know when the glory of God has been lifted up for a place. You got to know when God is not in the place. I don't care how pathetically they speak it. I don't care how much they prophesy. Because divination is also there. So you better make sure it's God. Because you would know the presence of God. Amen. He lifted himself from there. Hallelujah. Just like in Revelation 2 and 5. Amen. When John began to speak about the sins of the church of Ephesus, and he writes, he says, remember thereof whence that are fallen and repent and do the first work or else I come to thee and I will move the candlestick out of its place. Except thou repent. Amen. See, if the candlestick represents the glory of Jehovah, that means his ominous eyes that go to and from the earth. Amen. Then there is a connection between the what candlestick and the cherubim chariot that Ezekiel is talking about. Amen. So at the same time, God's glory has been removed. Amen. So do not forfeit the glory of God. Don't allow your sin to allow you to forfeit the glory of God when you know better. When you know what you're doing is not good. God is telling you to get up and go and be there. Get up and go and be over there. Get up and do and help over there. But we still just sitting back. We keep saying we coming. We keep saying, okay, God, but we're not doing nothing. You better do what God is telling you to do. Time is running out, y'all. Time is not on our hand. Amen. So we need to make sure that we're doing everything that we need to do so that we will not forfeit God's glory. We will not forfeit the spirit of God. Amen. Because we have the power. Amen. It says man has the power to remove his candlestick of hope through continued acts of rebellion against the Lord. You can remove it. You can remove it. And if you can't, you need to pray and ask God to help you. Ask Lord God. Help me. Help me, Lord God. I'm struggling. I, I, I'm trying to do right. I, I don't want to drink no more wine, but I, they say it's okay. It's like communion. The devil's a liar. It's not communion. Wine is is, 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 is alcohol. I don't know where people get drinking wine. It's like, okay, it's not. It is not. And I'm not judging nobody, but I'm telling you the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. It is not. It is alcohol. Point blank. It is. Come on. I mean, we cannot sugarcoat that at all. The truth is the truth. And that's it. But we want to sugarcoat the truth. We don't want the truth. You won't, you're not going to get a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of amens right here. I'm not going to get a lot of hearts and balloons going up. I'm not going to get a lot of thumbs up. I'm not going to get a lot of that right now. Some people may just lead the page. I'm just saying. But I'm just telling you the truth. See, that's Ezekiel was sent to tell the truth. He was a prophet to, to God sent to tell the truth. See, God going to use you to tell the truth. And you got, either you're going to tell the truth or you're going to sugarcoat it in order to keep the people liking you. And at the end of the day, that means that when Jesus come, he can quickly tell you, depart from me, I never knew you. But you're like, no, 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 God, I was your spokesman. I was your prophet. 
Okay. But you just like Saul. You, 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 yeah. I, I, like I told Saul to go in and kill everything. Everything. But he didn't. And guess what? The anointing was lifted out for him. He was still king, but the anointing was gone. David was put in position. Do not allow your anointing to be lifted off of being disobedient. Off of being rebellious when God is telling you what to say, what to do, where to go, how to do it, where to do it, and who to do it with. But you keep wanting to do it your way. You've been praying, Lord, help me. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. He has sent them. But you're looking on the outer appearance. You're looking on the outside. They, God has sent them three, four times. And you're looking on the outside. You missed it. You missed them because you're looking on the outside. You're not looking. First of all, you're not comparing. You're not hearing the spirit of God. You're not, you know, know me by the spirit of God. Don't know me by my conversation. I need you to know me by the spirit of God. See, that's how, you know, the, the relationships we need to have is those that know us by the spirit of God. Because when that, when we're known by the spirit of God, then we know it's an all God's movement. It's a move of God. It's not in our own liking. It's not what we want. It's God. Let it be a God thing. Not just a thing that's just, it looked like God, but it's not God. See, a lot of things look like God. A lot of things, you know, we do outreach, we do this, we do that, and we think it's God. And some things it's not because he have not called us to that. He have not called us to that territory. He have not called us over there. He told us to go straight, but we went left. He told us to go right, but we went back. You know, God told us to go in the hardcore of the city, but we want to go to the suburbs. We want to go out in the suburbs. We want the big churches, the big buildings, so people can come and see and say, oh, you got a beautiful sanctuary. But God said, no, go under the bridges. Go down um, where the shooting is. Go. We don't want to go there. Oh, no, oh, no. But we want to get on there and say, oh, well, you need to do this and do, do that. Pull up your pants, do this, do that. But God sent you there. And you rebelled against God and said, no, we're going to open the church in the suburbs. And, and it's just y'all preaching to each other. It's y'all prophesying to each other. No souls getting saved. No, you're not going on an outreach. You're just in the building. And then when people come in the building, you look them up and down and say, oh, you know what? You're not ready yet, so sit down another five years. Ah, five years? I'm ready to do the work of God now. Do you know what it took for me to come out of those streets? And you're telling me to sit down for five years? The devil is a liar. See, God will pull us out the streets and use us like that. But man wants us to sit and wait for five years when, when they're ready because they see the anointing, they see the fire, they see the glory, and they know the glory has already been lifted off of their house and they are walking in jealousy and envy and they are not obeying God and raising up those people that God is bringing in the house and that's why they're suffering. Because they're not obeying God. Like it or not, that is what's going on. God is using, come on, God is using new faces. People that ain't been in church for a hundred years. You ain't got to be in a hundred church for a hundred years to prophesy. You ain't got to be in the church for a hundred years to lay hands. You ain't got to be in the church for a for hundred years to be on the intercessory team. Just have a heart for God. God can use you in one day. You can come off the street drinking alcohol, doing this, doing that. God, God can use you. God pulled me out the barn. I wasn't drinking just Coke 45. I was drinking hard liquor. Okay? 
and pull me out that place. And now, what am I doing? Working for him. Drinking, hallelujah, nothing but the Holy Ghost. So help me God. Hallelujah. I'm just saying. So all I'm saying is God can take you wherever you, from wherever you do or wherever you come from and use you. But we as leaders need to move out the way and let God use those that are coming in. Hallelujah. God is sending a new, a new wave that's coming in. Those that have a heart and hunger for God. Those that want to learn the things of God through the word of God. That's why we're doing this deep study. You know, you're like, well, this is deep. Yeah, because we got to know word. Word is, is, is everything. Because the word of God builds our faith. We don't go through the word enough. We want to just skim through the word. And we're not even rightfully dividing the word of God. We don't even have an understanding and revelation of God's word. We don't even know some of the prophets in the book. And we can't even relate them to what's going on today. This right here, we're dealing with rebellious people right now. Do you know how many rebellious people right now is in and out of the church? And then I ain't just talking about those that are lay members. I'm talking about leaders. Huh? Come on. Rebellious. We're dealing with it today. So when you go back and you read the scriptures and you compare to where we walk in and how we walk in today, you will see how it's aligning up. Everything that's going on. Hallelujah. So at the end of the day, these are things that we must look at and know. Hallelujah. And at the same time, when you go over to chapter 11, guess what? Ezekiel's still in the spirit. And God continued to show him more vision. See, the more you in the spirit of God, God will show you. Why you keep waiting for the prophet to come tell you? Why you keep on pulling on your pastor, weighing your pastor down for your pastor to keep prophesying and telling you what God is trying to tell you? If you get and stay in my spirit, I will show you various, many visions. I'll show you much revelation. Ezekiel remained in the spirit state. And God continued to show him vision after vision. Amen. It says right here in chapter 11, verse 1. Moreover, the spirit lifted me up and brought me into the east gate of the Jehovah house, which looked eastward. And behold, at the door of the gate, five and twenty men I saw in the midst. Them, excuse me, excuse me, Jasnia, the son of Azar and Pelatah, the son of Benani, and prince of the pen, and he and said unto me, Son of man, these are the men that despise, devise iniquity, and that give wicked counsel in this city, and say, The time is not near to build houses. The city is the chariot, and we are the flesh. So right now, another vision being given to Ezekiel. Amen. So the Lord brings Ezekiel to the east gate of the temple of Jehovah, and there he sees 25 men. These are not the same 25 priests mentioned in Ezekiel 8 and 16. See, remember, God is showing Ezekiel not just lay members. He's showing him what leaders are doing. But do you hear Ezekiel trying to um, 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 pour down their character and integrity? Do you hear Ezekiel gossiping about them? Do you hear Ezekiel sowing discord about what God is showing them? No. But that's what we do. When God gives us a glimpse of a vision about a man or woman of God, the first thing we do is go and gossip. We go and sow discord. 
Then we begin to tear down one's character and integrity. And the next thing we know, we're trying to tear down the ministry that God has invested in them. Don't worry about it. If they're not doing what God is calling them to do, God will deal with them. But it's not up to you to go and put your mouth and try to tear down their character, their integrity, the ministry that is in them. God will do it. Don't you know David? David recognized that. David recognized exactly that. David recognized exactly that. And when he recognized exactly that, hallelujah, he recognized that he was not going to touch Saul at all. He could have killed Saul. He was right there. He cut a piece of his cloth. He could have took him out. But he respected the anointing. You got to respect the anointing. If God called them, you don't have to worry about it. God going to deal with them. If they're not doing what God, what they're not supposed to do. Don't you know, as men and women of God, God holds us to a much higher standard. So believe me, God will deal with us. So you ain't got to worry about trying to get us. God will deal with us. But Ezekiel kept getting visions of men of God. But did you hear him go and try to sow discord about them? No. See, the more God can trust you, the more God can show you. The reason why you ain't seeing a lot because you gossip too much. The reason why you're not seeing a lot is because you sow too much discord. You talk about men and women of God. You see, then when you see them, you smile and you laugh with them like, oh, I love you, blah, blah, blah. But really behind closed doors, what you say, it's not good. It's not good. We should not do that. God is still showing Ezekiel. He said the men responsible for making judgments in cases that determine one's welfare were doing these wicked things. So these are people, men and women of God. You're saying, pray for me. Um, could you please believe God for this for me? And they say, write, write down your prayer request. You know, hold on. Let me get the prayer request. To you. Come on. Okay, write down your prayer request right here. Put, put your prayer request on the prayer card. And we're going to pray. We're going to put oil on it. We're going to anoint it. We're going to lay it on the altar. I'm going to lay on the altar for 40 days and 40 nights for you. And I'm just going to go before the Lord. And we're going to believe God for this. And we're going to believe God for that. And they begin to prophesy what God going to do. Blah, 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 all that. And then you all hyped and you so excited. And it's the same, same men and women of God that after you leave, they take your car. Instead of them trusting in God, they go to their gods. They go to their idols. Their idols. Their gods. Not the true and living God. Not Jehovah. But they go to Baal. They go to Jezebel. They go to their gods. They go to their pagans. They go to their sons and worship son and worship fertile gods. I'm just saying. And now you got them praying over what you want. And the reason why it ain't manifested because you don't put all your trust in them to pray for you. I don't care who they are. Yes, we're going to pray for you, but you got to pray for yourself. You got to get before God yourself. You can't keep telling people, oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray. No, you have to pray for yourself. We're going to pray, but I'm telling you, you got to put your trust in God like never before. 
You got to get in the place of prayer and intercession with God like never before. You got to lay and prostrate before God like never before. It's not going to be easy, but you got to get in the face of God. So when they do come back and say, God said, you going to know what God said. This division that God gave Ezekiel, he saw so many things. So they could not come back and tell Ezekiel nothing because God was showing Ezekiel everything. He showed them what? Doing wickedness. The wicked governors of Judah, however, were telling the people that Jeremiah's prophecies were false. You know how many people that try to turn people away saying, be careful, be careful about Lady Apostle Robin. Don't go over there. Don't trust her. I'm just telling you what they say because I hear it in the spirit. And then when I begin to minister to people, people tell me. I already know it's the devil because the devil don't want you to be delivered. I'm not delivering you. I'm talking about God is delivering you because I'm giving you word. People, see, the truth hurts. And anytime the truth is coming forth, change has to come. And when change comes, deliverance comes. And when we are delivered, we may hold. So the devil always going to try to keep us from being around certain people and doing certain things and saying certain things. Amen. But at the end of the day, God already showed me in the spirit. He already showed me before they even come. He already showed me before I even come into their presence. I didn't ask to be a prophet. I didn't ask to be a seer. Oh yeah. I'm a prophet and a seer. Only by the grace of God. But I'm just saying. But God trusts me. And the devil knows me. Because every time I get up he say. Oh crap she's up. Because he know I'm stepping him back down. So he has to try to shut me up. He has to try to shut me out. But it won't work. Because the word is still coming forth. Even if you want to hear it or not. Even if you want to take it and run with it or not. I got to do what God say. I got to give it to you the way God wants me to give it to you. So at the end of the day. They was trying to make it seem like Jeremiah was false prophet. A false man and woman. A false man of God. You know, let me tell you something. When people begin to do that, that is a witchcraft spirit. That is a spirit of witchcraft. When they begin to do that, say, be careful about this person and this and try to draw you away from maybe your place of deliverance. Your place, you haven't even had an opportunity to even meet them. Let me tell you, you know how many people that people warn me about? And you know what I tell them? I say, okay. But see, remember, God called me to a rebellious people. See, I'm like an Ezekiel and a Jeremiah and a Paul. I'm just saying. So at the end of the day, I know I'm called to a rebellious people. 
because I was a rebellion in my childhood. He called me to a hard people, a hard neck, stiff, stubborn people, because I was a hard neck, stubborn, stiff neck person. So I'm just saying. So these people, it's not easy. So I know, I, I know, I, I know they're gonna betray me. I, I, I know they're gonna do this to me. God already showed me. But it's not about me. It's not about my feelings. It's not about my emotions. It's not about how I feel. But it's about the assignment. And when we understand the assignment, then we will not always wear our feelings on our sleeve. If we understand the assignment, then we wouldn't get so caught up with people. I'm not here to be your friend. But I'm here because I care about your spiritual state. I'm here to make sure your spiritual state is sound. More than a friend. Because most friends don't care about your spiritual state. But I care about your spiritual state. And that's what I'm here to do. Is to make sure that your spiritual state is sound. I'm not here to play favoritism. I'm not here to click up. That's not why I'm here. I never was a clicker. I never was a, a, a crowd type of person. Even though I always stood out with people and, 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 you know, around, I had friends, but, you know, I was never like the type of person that will, you know, be with this group and, and treat another person this way because this group don't like, hey, no, not me. That's not me. See, that's our problem. You don't like me because they don't like me. And they don't even know why they don't like me because the devil told them not to like me. And the reason why you don't like me because you don't even know me and the devil trying to keep you from keeping getting what you need. So now you offended. I'm just saying. We don't know why we don't like who we don't like. And we don't even know them. We just don't like them because they don't like them. Ah, that's no good. Come on. Jesus loved everybody. We have to love everybody. We have to love everybody where they are. I can't expect you to be where you are and then you're not where you are. Because see, when God tells you to be here, you got to be here. Because he's not going to keep on spending time like this. And then we come, come and say, pray for me, pray for me. But we don't be obedient. You have to be obedient. If you want things to work, you got to be obedient. You got to be obedient. Obedient. You got to stay in a place in the spirit, Ezekiel was in a spiritual state. He was able to see the vision of God. He saw these, and then they began to tell them, Jeremiah prophecies were false. And they were not going to have to build houses in Babylon. For more, come on, they exclaimed that Jerusalem is like a big pot that preserved the meat, the flesh within. Amen? But at the same time, the spirit of Jehovah fell upon Ezekiel, and then he began to speak by divine inspirational words of revelation. Amen? The Lord knows all of men's thoughts. Jeremiah 23. He know already what we're thinking. He know what we're going to do. He know how we're going to do it. He know what we're going to do. We can trick ourselves all day long. But he already know our next move. Let me tell you this. I got to tell you this one. I remember when I first got saved. It just came to me today. This just came to me today when I first got saved and I went to my parents' church, who my parents is today. 
I remember telling him, I said, no. I said, I'll clean the bathroom. I do whatever I gotta do. I can't go back out there. They was like, no, you're okay. You don't have to do no. I said, no, I need to clean the bathrooms. I need to do something in the house of God. I need to do something. Because I knew the streets was calling me out there. And I and I was telling them, like, well, I'll do this for the church, I'll do that. And I remember a pastor saying, Calm down. Just take it day by day. And I didn't understand why he said that. But today I understand. Because the more we say what we're going to do for God, the more the devil fights against us doing it. Because what he does is he take our words and turn our words. As we say, we're going to do this for the church. We're going to do this for God. Blah, 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 blah. But then once we get blessed or once we're in a situation, it's not that some of us, we really want to do it for God. But the enemy always find a way to come in to turn us away from honoring our word and what we say we're going to do. But I thank God because everything, everything that I said I was going to do for God, that I was going to do for the man or woman of God. Look at me today. I am their fruit. That's right. And I'm doing everything that I said, not because of me, not because I said it. Because you don't know the fight and the hell I had to go through to be standing right here today. To be doing what I'm doing today. Just to keep those words that I said to them 16 years ago. I did not know I was naive. I didn't know what I was saying. But all I knew is that I could not go back to the streets. So whatever I got to do to stay in God's house. If I got to clean the bathrooms. If I got to go to your house and wash your clothes. If I got to walk your dog. Whatever of God because I can't go back to the streets and look at God. I was thinking about it today like wow I am here today. I am standing here today. I'm here today doing what I said I was going to do and they're here to witness it because guess what? They're still in my life. They're the ones who gave me the truck the God's truck, the food truck they're the ones who, if I need them, they're there. They're still in my life. Ah! So I'm saying, we can do what we want to do for God. We just got to be steadfast, unmovable, and abound constantly in the Lord. You can do it. I am living proof. It was not easy getting here. You don't know the wars I went through. You don't know the mouths that was against me. You don't know what even tried to still fight against me today. But I'm still pressing. I'm still pushing. And my faith is not just faith to faith. I'm in glory to glory. I don't overcame faith to faith. I'm glory to glory. But it was all through a fight. It was all through perseverance. It was through obedience. Sacrifice, giving up some stuff, losing some stuff, giving away some stuff, losing some people. You don't know what price I had to pay to stand here today. Do you know? Do you know the price that Ezekiel paid just 
still nickel and dime God. God is waiting to taste our faith. Could we one day just say, you know what? I'm going to sow this thousand dollars. I'm just saying. I remember I said, Lord, no, I want to sow a thousand dollars. No, Lord. No, Lord, I want to sow. Hey, be careful what you say. Because, you know, in real estate, you get paid commission. So that means that in commission, we make a lump sum of money. And we don't get paid a regular paycheck like some may get paid every Friday or bi-weekly. Or maybe a salary bi-monthly. But it's when we sell a house or a boat or whatever we may sell. A land or whatever. And sometimes our commission can be 30000 100000 5000 And 10% is of whatever thousand. So remember when I said, hey. I want to sow a thousand. Not knowing one time when I made more. It was more than a thousand. And I had to reminisce and go back and say, Lord, thank you for allowing me to be obedient. And I still tie. That's right. So what? I'm, I'm, I'm the senior pastor of the ministry I still sow I still sow I pay tithes here you look at every envelope it says my name I pay tithes because I don't care what you see God see God see see it's not about what you see it's what God sees when you get into that mindset then it change your thinking. It changes how you change how you want to play God. See, we playing God, but you can't play God because God is omniscient, omnipresence, and omnipotent, all knowing, all seeing, and God that's everywhere. So, the Lord God knows our thoughts. See, the governors of the council of Judah were guilty of some form of murder. Come on now. See, Ezekiel turned the idea of protecting pot of Jews and back of the princes. The pot does not even serve to protect, but only to hold the bodies of the slain. So they weren't just murdering with their mouths, but they was actually committing murder. Covering it up. You know how much sin we cover up? We murder people with our mouth. Not with a gun. Which the balance is really strong and I come against the gun balance. Put your guns down in Jesus name. But what I'm saying is we murder people with our mouths. Instead of us helping them or speaking life, we murder them with our mouths. We tell people certain things and they tell everybody. Oh, well, I just thought I'll tell them because we're praying about it. No, you don't have to. If, listen, if you want somebody to pray with you. Just say pray with me. You don't have to tell them what you're praying for. If they're really in the spirit of God, the spirit of God will show them what you're praying for. Because that means that he trusts them enough to know who and what they're praying for. But they can touch and agree with you. But just because somebody said pray with me, yes, two and three in his name. But we don't always have to tell everything. That's the problem. Because everybody is not going to be 
for that person like you are. So you may really truly behold that person up. But the other person that's praying with you may not. So now they done spoken to something and now it's in the atmosphere. So the enemy is fighting against the prayer. Y'all, I'm teaching that's going to be another teacher, spiritual warfare. Because we don't understand spiritual warfare. We, we allow the devil to knock us down right now because of our mouths. What we're saying out of our mouths, we giving him leverage out of our own mouth. What we're saying. When we be like, oh, I don't feel well. Hey, you telling your body you don't feel well. So that means that you giving Satan the power to put whatever he wanted in your body. Because you telling your body you don't feel well. So that's telling your body, break down. No, you don't say that. Oh, I don't think I'm having a good day, huh? No, I'm having a good day even though my day may not. I'm having a good day. I told you that one day, sometimes I say, Robin, you got to get up. Not Apostle Robin. Robin, get up. Come on, get up, Robin. Get up. God's so funny because my spiritual mama who raised me in the ministry. Let me tell you, when he pulled me out the street, her name was Robin. So every time I call her name, I was calling me first. I was calling me closer and closer to God. Because I was saying, Mama Robin. And I was calling Robin. God was calling me more. So every time I said Robin, I was calling myself more to God. God know how to call your name. He know how for you to speak your name. See, sometimes we got to speak our own name into existence and pull our own selves out of that dark places with the help of God. So he had me calling. And then not only that, then not only that, he had my other spiritual mama. Her name is Robin. Come on now. God wanted me too bad. Because the stuff I was doing out there, he said, oh, I can use her in the kingdom of God. Definitely. Definitely. Hallelujah. So I hustle for Christ. My swag is for Jesus. Yeah, I got swag for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm saying, he wanted me that bad. My other spiritual mama. Come on, who I used to go in the, um, the detention center, the 2020, the, 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 the jail for the youth, to go minister to the youth. Her name was Robin. Ah, Robin. And then the same thing God using them to do. My mom, my other mom, two fish, five loaves, feed the, feed the neighborhood, doing this. What am I doing? My other mother, Robin, who she was a chaplain. Come on, what am I doing? Chaplain. I'm just saying, God is so real. He's real. He's not even funny to me no more. He's real. Your words have to change. He's real. He's not funny. He's real. He's a real God. A true and living God. The Lord made sure that he understood this. But he said, but ye shall bring forth after mist. Amen. God's judgment against the sinful people is that they will die by the sword. They will die by famine and pestilence. When Judah experienced exactly what the prophet spoke of divine revelation, they will surely know I am Jehovah. The reason why some of us is suffering is because we are rebellious. And we keep saying, pray for me, pray for me. Don't you know prayers ain't going to work? Because when you have are rebelling against God, come on now, you don't want to become a reprobate. Because when you become a reprobate, 
enemy of God. So you need to change your thinking. Change your thinking. Ezekiel. See, Judah has sinned. But they was given time to repent. God will give us time to get it right. God give us more than enough time. But we keep on touching the stove. Y'all, why are we touching the stove? Why? Why? Why are we touching this? Why are we still touching the stove, you guys? Why? We're still touching the stove. When we know that we're not supposed to touch the stove. We know we're not supposed to touch the stove, but we keep on touching the stove. And God is telling us to do right. God is telling us to do right. Amen. But we're still touching the stove. Why? Why? Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, I have a... Okay. I hope everybody can hear me. Okay, I had to redo the, um, because the other one is going. I know I'm over time, but I had to finish, I had to um, finish this um, teaching, and I'm almost done, but I, I, I just have to obey God, okay? You know, God, when you, when God is telling you to do something, you have to obey God, so, so that's what I'll do, I'll put it back there, okay? So, okay, hello everybody, good, okay? So, yeah, right? Amen. So he gave them time to repent, but they rejected God's mercy. Christian, they rejected God's mercy. And God removed his glory from them and judged them and punished them because they did not obey God. Amen. I'm in 11. But Ezekiel appeals to God regarding the hard judgment against the people as he did. The Lord is patient. He's patient. He was patient with Ezekiel. He confronted the prophet with the following words. This is what he said. And the word of Jehovah came unto me, 11 and 14, son of man. If you notice, he never called him prophet Ezekiel. He always called him son of man. Thou brother, even thou brother, the men of thy kindred and all the house of Israel. Amen. Um, All of them. Are they unto whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get you far from Jehovah until us is this land given for a possession? Amen. For a possession. Hallelujah. Let me put that there. For a possession. Um, nation. Um, therefore say, Thus said the Lord God, where I was removed far away from among them nations, and whereas I scattered them among the countries, yet will I be to them as a sanctuary for a little while in the countries where they are come. Amen. So clearly the Lord is telling Ezekiel that he is mistaken as to who remnant of Israel is. Those who remain in Judah are not the remnant of Judah, but those destined for the sore, pestilence, and famine. Amen. So you can be in a place, and guess what? You're in the wrong place. Because you can, it's just saying right here, it says, they were in a place. They was not the remnant. See, God have handpicked his remnant. He knows who is his people. But there's people still saying Jehovah. still people saying, talking about in Jesus' name. And, and Jesus is nowhere in them. A remnant is just a hand few, a hand picked. 
Amen. But those that God already said that I'm going to send the pestilence, the famine, and the sword against, I know who they are. The people of Judah consider the exiled peoples forsaking of God, yet it was really them. See, it's always those that call themselves so holy. Those that make themselves so spiritual. Those that because I've been in church or I've done this for so long, I got more than you in God. But those be the ones that is not part of the remnant. Those are the ones where the glory have been lifted. Don't let people intimidate you. Don't let people say that you're not who God called you to be. You got to know for yourself who God called you to be. You can't let people label you. You can't let people put you in a box. We're outside the box. But there's a difference. I'm not telling you to go and disrespect God's people. I'm not telling you to go and disrespect God's um, those that God put in front of you. But at the end of the day, you got to also know God for yourself. And there's always a time and a season that we speak. But when God shows us stuff, even if he shows us stuff about a leader, we don't just go and confront that leader. We don't just go and just do what we think is right. Oh, what the Lord says, you know, speak truth and not. No, yes, he says speak truth, but there is a way that we confront every situation. That's not the proper way that we confront those situations. Because who are we? We're not the ones who put them in place. And we're not the ones that's going to take them out. So no matter what we say, and we can destroy not just a person, character, integrity, or, or even just a ministry, but we can um, um, destroy their psychological state. You know how many people a psychological state is destroyed because of situations like this? So who are we to go and slander somebody? Who are we to go and assassinate somebody? Amen. So that's why at the end of the day, we have to be careful in what we do and how we say things. Amen. Because clearly the Lord was telling Ezekiel. See, though the Lord has scattered his people among the Gentiles, he was not, he has not cast them off. Amen. The remnant will come again to Jerusalem and remain the decibel things and all the abomination, those that were mentioned back in chapter eight. But while God's people did return under um, Nehemiah to rebuild the temple and religious duty, they would not be of one heart and mind until the Lord delivered the new covenant mentioned in Jeremiah 31. Amen. Hallelujah, because the new law written on the hearts of men when followed will promote one heart when all follow the same teaching. Meaning that we got to be in unity. Point blank. Unity. Unity as one. We, they, us. But we want to me, me, I, I. We don't want us or they. My ministry. Okay, long as my. No, it's not even yours. It's God's. Why not collaborate? Collaboration. Doesn't matter who name. Doesn't matter who. You know, when you're a visionary, God give you a vision, but that don't mean that sometimes he gives you the vision for you for it to be your vision. He gives you vision to help others bring forth their vision. So being a visionary, God will use you to bring forth somebody else's vision. That's what I know that what I'm called to do, to bring forth others' vision. That's what the Spirit of God gives me to do. Amen. And I enjoy doing it and I have such a joy in doing it. And there's no jealous bone in my body because when I'm celebrating them, I'm celebrating them for real. I'm celebrating. Matter of fact, I'm working harder even for them than probably I'm even working for myself at times. But you have people that is not like that. 
When you are a visionary, that's what we do. We go forth and help other visions come to life. Bring them forth, birth them, bring them into reality. It's not about, okay, if they even mention your name, but honor those, give honor where honor is due. It's always good. Amen. You never know when you have to probably walk back over that bridge. So I always tell people, don't burn the bridge. You never know. You have to walk back around it. Walk back on it. Because the bridge can break down, but a bridge can be rebuilt. And when it's rebuilt, could you come back across it? So please don't burn your bridges. Even when you feel like you made it. Amen. Okay, y'all. You know what? We're going to have to, I'm going to have to do more teaching maybe on tomorrow evening. Yeah. Maybe I'll come back on here tomorrow evening and I'll just do podcasts. And I'm not going to do, if I do the Zoom, I'll do the Zoom, but I'm not going to do video. So what we'll do is we'll pick up, amen, on chapter 12, amen. But let me finish this out, amen. It says, from Jerusalem, the glory of Jehovah moves to the mountain, amen, east of the city, and Mount Olives, amen. Now, Mount Olives represent what? Olives, amen. We know when the olives is crushed, what is it? The olive oil, amen, is represented. And then the last verse here says, it says, and the spirit lifted me up and brought me in the vision by the spirit of God into Judea to them of the captivity. So the vision that I have seen went up from me. Then I spoke unto them of the captivity and all the things that Jehovah had showed me. So now that the vision is over, Ezekiel is brought back home where the elders of Judah sat before him. And Ezekiel immediately speaks to the people of captivity regarding the things that he's seen. This will be encouraging words to the captivity as they now understand that they are God's remnant. True brethren of Christ. Amen. So they knew that Ezekiel had been with God. Hallelujah. Don't you know when you hear the word of God, you know God is there. You know the presence of God is through the word that you're hearing. It gives you an uplifting in your spirit. You're ready to go forth. Your faith has been increased. Your faith has been activated. That's when you know that God is speaking. That's when you know it is truly God. And then the word is being rightfully divided and you hear God's word. It's nothing about me, 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 you, 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 they, 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 but it's the word of God. So it brings life. And that right there is the best feeling we can ever have in any teaching that we have. And I tell you, I thank God for the biblical studies. I thank God for all the teachings that's coming forth. That's right. We're going to be in this word of God and we're going to be breaking this word of God down. I'm telling you, after we come about in the book of Ezekiel, we're going into another teaching of spiritual gifts because I believe there's another revelation that God wants to give us and us operating in our spiritual gifts because we're not activated. We're not working in them. We're, we're not. We're we're dependent on people. We're dependent on man. We're dependent on ourselves. And we got to depend on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the giver of all gifts. Not man. Not woman. Nobody can anoint you. They don't have the anointing. Only Holy Spirit can anoint you. What they can do is they can speak and call forth the anointing that's already in you. The activation, calling it forth, believing, praying, speaking the word of God, calling out the word of God. And it's the word of God that's activating the seed in you, that's birthing out of you, that's coming out of you, that's bringing forth what it is in you through the word of God. Not them. No, it's not us. We can't do it. Holy Spirit. Point blank. Okay. That's it, y'all. I love y'all. And then this is going to be it. Now, bless y'all in Jesus' name. And we're going to start in chapter 12. Um, like I said, by God's grace, hopefully tomorrow I'll try to do chapters 12, 13, 14, 
Amen. Because we're going to talk about condemnation to the false prophet of Judah. Hallelujah. And Ezekiel is commanded to depart from the home during the dark night to illustrate the judgment of exile to the people for their rebellious spirit. So we're going to definitely be talking about a lot of good things through the word of God. Hallelujah. May God bless everybody. And I thank everybody for joining us. And until next time, may God be with you. Those that have joined us all afar, may God bless you. Anybody on here that may not have a relationship with Christ. Amen. They have not yet accepted him as their Lord and Savior, that they want to accept him even right now. All you have to do is just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is your Lord and Savior. And just confess and know that he died for you and your sins and ask him to forgive you of everything that you have done. And even those that have done anything to you and go ahead and accept him as your Lord and Savior. And I pray that he send divine connections divine revelation even through his word give you understanding and knowledge as you begin to read the word of god and that he connected divinely to those that can help cultivate the gift inside of you through brick and mortar or church but let the church arise in you in jesus name and i pray that the holy spirit be endowed in you in the mighty name of jesus and that the holy spirit come forth so that and i'm gonna tell you it's not gonna be easy because now you're coming over to the other side and, and the devil is mad but guess what God is with you and we're praying with you and we're lifting you up and I pray that God will send divine helpers to help you and cultivate you and move you into your purpose and your destiny in Jesus name and this was the best decision you could have ever made today now that you are saved we welcome you to the body of Christ may God be with you and those that are listening that are saved those that's been with Christ but want to repent of any sin that they may have done normally unknowingly right now all you got to do is just ask God to forgive you forgive you of any forgive us for anything that we have said anything that we have done anything that brought us out of your will oh god even if we've been rebellious or we have been hard-headed stubborn or disobedient god god please forgive us oh god teach us your ways oh god to walk according to your word to walk in truth to always be steadfast lord god in your word and lord god we just love you on this evening this morning this afternoon in some places and lord god we just thank you for giving us another chance let your mercy endure forever in our lives in jesus name god bless you and again by god's grace i pray that i'm able to come on here tomorrow it'll probably be about seven or eight i'll come on and just go straight and i'm just gonna go straight into the teaching amen so i'm not gonna do a lot of preaching i'm just gonna go straight into the teaching because i want to rightfully divide each chapter to lay it out so you can put more notes in glory to god God bless you. And those that may be interested, we do have the manuals. Amen. I think they have all the, the manuals um, getting printed up and everything. And I'll talk to you about those manuals. Amen. If you're interested in getting those manuals. Amen. I think just for the printing and everything, I think it's probably about um, $15 or $20, but it's a binder. So all the teachers and everything that we're teaching, amen, is in there. And it's some great teaching. You can actually use it for maybe your Bible study or just for your own reading and own records. Amen. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And those that may not have um, any money or whatever, I pray that whatever you want to sow or donate in for it, may God bless you to do it. But if not, don't let that be an issue. We'll bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you. And those that have been blessed by this word, those that want to sow into this ministry, know that it's in good ground. Amen. In Jesus' name. You can always go to our Zelle account. Amen. That is my phone number, 513-615-4514. Or you can always go to Money Sign Apostle Robin Stokes. Or you can go to our website, soarinternationalministries.org, and go to our donate button and pay through that way. Or kindly send in 
um, your check or whatever, cashier's check to our ministry. We're located at 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, uh, Fairfield, Ohio, 45014. May God bless you. May God keep you and know that when you sow, you sow into good ground. And may the Lord bless your seed in Jesus' name. And we want to thank everybody who has sown into this ministry. May the Lord continue to bless you and keep you in Jesus' name for thinking about um, the ministry in Jesus' name. God bless you. Until next time. Amen.